Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider episode 35, our review of round 32 and preview of round 33. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, aka Dashdar on the Reddit forums. And this episode is brought to you by Pitchforks. Currently, can't keep them on the shelves right now if you're a men's national team fan. So, yeah. Actually, this episode is brought to you by the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. It's a great place. If you have not taken advantage of it yet, please stop by and participate there. Tonight, as always, I am joined by some fantastic co-hosts. We have a pretty familiar crowd of Simon, Jay, and Jason. What's up, guys? Hey, everybody. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I feel like we're always welcoming you back from some random travel place you've been to. Yeah, yeah. This time I was in uh, Green Bay and went to the Packers game and then did a quick four-hour tour of Chicago. And I apologize because I lost my voice screaming and drinking. So, sorry. <laughs> well, apology accepted. So let's just get down to it, guys. Uh, how did your teams do last round? Well... Uh, mine did okay, I guess. I got 84 points, which wasn't great, but I say it was okay because I won both my head-to-head matchups and I went up one spot in the rankings. So I guess if I didn't <laughs> lose, I didn't lose spots. So that's, yeah, that's the definition of okay. Yeah, me too. I uh, beat you by one point, got 85 points. Um, I'm sliding slowly from 93 down to 99. Um but I, I did the triple switcheroo, thought that that might Dang. work. Ooh. And uh, I took out – actually, I'm sorry, I did a double switcheroo with um, Teixeira and Teixeira from uh, Vancouver and Dallas for Sanchez and Powers, and that did not work out for me. I lost about, what, three points on that one, which would have probably put me up a little higher. It's a harsh mistress, definitely a switcheroo. I, you know, I feel like if you were trying to go for a triple switcheroo, at that point, it's you're basically just doing auto subs. Pretty much. Exactly. Makes sense. At that point. Yeah, I got 91 points, but still lost tons of head-to-heads. I don't know how that happens, but pretty good, though. Moved up a good 80 spots, I think. Where are you at now? I'm at 850 now, so still pretty, pretty far down from my goal of 500, which is my bare minimum. Not bad. I had a lot of green arrows this this round. I think our, our scores just show how tight it's getting, especially here in these last couple of weeks. I had 93 points. Uh, my, my round rake was still in the, the 800s overall, but uh, I moved up and I'm now 86th in the overall ranking. So I, I enjoyed that. The top score was 110 points. So I think we were all pretty close there. Drogba captain was definitely uh, the way to go, unless you had a Bush captain who who just came away with a fantastic score. Yeah, if you kept in a goalie, though, you're either a mad genius or a total noob. <laughs> you're a time traveler if yeah. you kept in a goalie. That's what, that's what we'll all assume. Uh, so did you guys have any big takeaways from this very abbreviated round that we have? Can you really take away much when, when only five teams played? Nah. Nope. nah. I, I think the only takeaway for me is why the hell did we even have this this week? It's, exactly. It was like such a waste. Yeah, such a waste. But whatever, that's that's how we roll here be, because MLS. That's yep. that's why we have this. 
So we're going to get to the housekeeping, which there are actually several things we want to touch base on. Uh, first of all, this is the last double game week of the season. I, I know it seems like there's been more than usual. Not really, though, but uh, there are a whole bunch of them, it feels like. And this is the last one. So be sure to prep your teams for that game start on this Wednesday, the 14th, which is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. And teams lock at 7 o'clock Eastern. So be sure to get all of your wild cards set up. It's speaking of, this is another wild card round. So everything's free. Make your transfers. Get your team set. Don't miss out because you will only have two trades for the next week. So get the set. Uh, we do have a question that fits in well right here that I hope everyone might be able to weigh in at some point, this comes from Midnight Sun Leader, and he says, can you please tell us the key players that are away or just coming back from international duty? He's particularly interested in, uh, in several people. I think the big news today that we were just talking about before the podcast started is uh, Javinko has been tweeting back and forth with Toronto saying that he wants to be involved in the game that's coming up on Wednesday. So don't know what that's going to involve. Uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later in the podcast, but there is some expectation that Javenko may be, be coming back. So there's there's one big name there. Uh, Castillo, I, I feel like he's he's a doubt against Vancouver. They do have a couple of games left, but I'm not really sure if he's going to make it back for for his game. He was down in South America. Is that right, guys? Yep. Yeah. So he'll probably, and I don't think he plays, uh, I forget what, his game was some people are asking about Acosta and with some injury concerns and I haven't heard anything have you guys heard anything about about yeah, him he got pulled off I want to say like I want to say like the 70th minute or something like that for a hammy injury um, okay. and I haven't heard anything about that but what his progress is or status I should say well those are definitely things to keep an eye on those are those are tricky. So maybe maybe just a bit of warning. There are fortunately some other options for for Dallas that are in a, in the budget range, but but that is one. We'll try to keep an eye on and keep an eye on Twitter for that. Like I said, I I didn't really hear much about that. Um, you were asking about Sam, and you were talking about that, Jason, beforehand. That's just a, a short train right away, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well, I was going to say real quick that um, I know on Reddit there's a running list of MLS international call-ups for the October. Um, so you can go on there and see exactly who is called up and what games, what the dates that they play are, and then hopefully see if that, you know, they have at least a couple of days to get back to the States to play like Kaka has gone until after the 13th. So he's in doubt for this week. Well, he's on a card suspension, so he's uh, definitely yeah. not going to play this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying using him as an example because it shows what players are for each team and the dates. So. And that list comes from MLS, so it's not something that we put together. It's straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, but no, it was just a short train right away, Jason? Yeah, I think I probably had worse commutes coming home just from Boston to Newton someday. So I'm sure that I'm probably, I don't know. I think Sam's a good bet. Uh, another, another big question we've had is about Namath. And he last played in Greece on the 11th, and the Sporting Kansas City game is on the 16th. So I, I feel like that's enough time for Namath to be able to get back and kind of recuperate and be ready to play a double game week for Sport of Kansas City. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they will have him rest one game to really have him set for those last two. They they are kind of fighting to, to keep into the to the playoffs, so they're definitely not going to be one to hold back. So Namath, I, I don't know. Uh, I, would, I, I keep an eye on him, but I could see it going both ways. 
Right, and I think Keen. New York is going to push for the supporter shield. So, yeah, you know, gonna, I think they play Sam if he's, you know, physically able. Definitely, um, Keen. I think we'd all expect him to be back in there because LA is also pushing for the supporter shield. So, and Keen last played on the eleventh. Uh, Josie was playing tonight. Uh, there was actually a preliminary roster for Toronto that was released, which did include Bradley as being expected to start there, and also Hercules Gomez starting at the top, but no Geo and no Josie. Of course, Josie's no no surprise, but with all the news with Geo, hey, that could change close to the game time. And then going into people who are suspended, of course, we have Matt Miazga, who is on his... Uh, Red card cautions, he's going to miss a Toronto game and the Philly game. So basically, you're not going to get him back until next year since we don't have a playoff game anymore. Uh, Victor Bernardez is going to miss the Sporting Kansas City game. Like I said, Kaka is missing New York City. Breck Shea is missing New York City. Teal Bunbury's out against uh, Montreal. And then just check the Disco page at uh, MLS if you want to get there. It's mlssoccer.com slash MLS dash disciplinary dash summary i know it might be a little hard to get to since the the rework of the website but there's a whole bunch of guys who are on uh, four yellow card warnings in including sebastian javinko so that could be something that that really hits people near the end of the season so keep an eye on all of that uh, I know that was long, so feel free to rewind back and forth for that segment, guys, if you want to look at that. And uh, as we did mention, a couple of these teams are on the bubble, and a couple of teams have already made it. Uh, those are New York, Dallas, LA, DC, and Vancouver. So you could also see some potential roster s- switches with that. We should be used to all that by now, right, guys? Because MLS. The roster shuffle. Because MLS. All right, it's time for questions now. After all of that, housekeeping is out of the way. And our first question comes from Mike Dat Tiger, and he wants to know, how are we factoring in week 34 in our picks for this week? I don't give too much thought to it. I mean, I basically look at it as, you know, some of the game, some of the teams have the better schedules anyway that with the players that I like. So New York, I think New York and Dallas are both in contention for – for Supporter Shield, they both have players that I would like on a normal week. So I'm going to fill up my team with at least two or three from each of those. So that covers a good chunk of the whole roster anyway. So it's not really, you know, the whole double game week versus thinking about next week. It doesn't, doesn't really come up for me. Um, I would tend to agree with what Jason said. Uh, I do think that it is sort of a thing in that, like, I mean, I'm definitely looking at the matchups for next week and, like, um, players that have mediocre matchups next week. I'm less likely to pick up this week, uh, like, Real Salt Lake players. They've got a double game week, but I don't think their schedule is that great. Uh, in this in this game week, they've got uh, the Timbers at home, which is pretty easy, I think. Not that Portland's, like, a bad team, but I think that that's the easier of the one. Seattle then, fan giving Portland love? What? Uh, yeah, no, no love to Portland. I think that's the easier of their fixtures. And then they got <laughs> Dallas at home, uh, which is kind of hard as well. Like they've got two home games, but they're not against team. They're against teams that kind of like score goals, so they kind of scare me. Uh, I think maybe their offensive players could be good, but then they go to Seattle next week, um, which kind of scares me off RSL a little bit compared to Dallas, who plays San Jose next week at home, and then uh, New York with Chicago on the road. Um. And then the Sporks, the Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, or whatever you call them. I call them the Sporks. They have a home game against L.A. the week after. 
which is kind of tough, but at least it's a home game. Um, and they've got one of the, the better double game weeks this week because they're away at San Jose and then home to Colorado. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that is that, like, I, I am looking at the schedule, but ultimately it's like you have to think about it. you got double game week and then single game week. Double game is, like, more of the opportunity for points probably. So I think you have to prioritize this week. And if you can make changes on your roster, like, that don't affect this week too much to prepare for next week, that's great. But... A lot of the things you do this week should be good for next week too, if you're doing things right. Yeah, I uh, I'm really looking at the teams that are on the bubble or fighting uh, for their lives for playoffs. I mean, RSL is one that I have three RSL players. Um, Sporting Kansas City is the same. Um, a lot of the players from Portland I really do like as well, but there are too many yellow card accumulations and warnings for the big players. Um, but I know we were discussing um, earlier that you know Montreal is in the bubble, um, Orlando's on the bubble, but right now I'm in the you know I agree with Simon and, and uh, Jason that getting single or getting the double game week players right now is the best option to get points, and then maybe setting yourself up with two or three bench subs like a Larin or you know a Kamara or something like that 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 you can either switcheroo or that you're going to have ready for next week. And then you would just bring in two other players. I love my entire lineup for the next, you know, three games, this double game week and next week. So I'm stoked. I'm actually completely on the other side from you guys. I think Simon had a, a nice little comment at the end that there are lots of things you can do this round that carry over to next round. I started out this wild card by making my team for next round, and I'm working backwards from there so that I could do... Originally, I wanted to just have to make two trades and set it up that way. I may be willing to do a minus four since this is a double game week and just sort of factor that in for carrying forward. But... Um, We've seen double game weeks burn us in the past. We've seen single game week players always be in contention for, for great point returns with compared to the double game week players during these weeks. I think there are some difficult matchups that are going to make some of these double game week teams not be super valuable, but I, I worked completely the other way. So week 34 played heavily into my picks and I showed my team to Jason or Jay earlier in the day and he was like you don't have any double gaming players I've, I've got at least like six or seven guys there right now which i feel is a nice little mix based on how things have been going so for me i'm working backwards and i think that is a total viable way to do it moving on to our next question from buckman united he wants to know do we go with javinko if he only gets one or one and a half games is he still a captain contender so this is with that new news yeah, you know, um, I think that Giovinco is a must-have, even if he's just in the starting 18. The reason being is because he's, what, 13.6, I believe? Thir 13, yeah, 13.6. And if you don't put him in your lineup this week, you're going to have to reshuffle and possibly even revamp a lot of your team to get him in. Also, you know, like we discussed earlier, he's been texting administration saying he wants to be a part of the game. He did great today. I think he scored a goal. And it's Javinko. I mean, <laughs> his schedule is pretty favorable as well. I mean, Toronto play at home against New York and Columbus, who don't have very good away uh, defenses. And then they're playing away at Montreal, which is a 
you know, it's good, but I mean, Montreal doesn't have, you know, a lights out defense. So I love it. It's a huge game. Yeah. And, and it's also potentially to, to be in playoffs too. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have Givinko out of my team. That's for damn sure. Wait, you just said you're not going to have Gio on your team? I'm, I mean, I'm not going to have him not on my team. Okay. You're not going <laughs> to not have him. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, what? I will not have him. He's going to be in my team. Gotcha. My bad. <laughs> yeah, and they play the first game, so you'll know whether he's going to be in the starting lineup for sure. Um, so if he is, captain him. If not, you know, I'm probably leaning towards question at this point, but Gio is always a good option. I'm going to disagree with you on there, but we'll discuss that later. Okay. Sounds good. Um, is that all I have to say about that? Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Sorry to interrupt. My bad. No <laughs> uh, I'm on the same page as them. I think you should probably have Giovinco, but like if he's not in the 18 tomorrow, because you get to see the Toronto lineup before you see um, anything else, because they're the first game that gets played. So if he's not in the 18, I think you could like conceivably. Uh, decide okay you don't want him in your lineup um because depending on the results this week like there is like a chance that he could get rested next week against Montreal if Toronto wins both their games and I haven't looked at the standings I think that's like a low probability but you never know if they have to play a play-in game and it's kind of already assured that they're playing that at home just depending on how the standings are you never know maybe he gets rested next week I don't think so though um but, like, if he's not in the starting 18 tomorrow, then you're getting one game out of him, and I think it's a lot lower. Uh, like, his ceiling gets a lot lower, but it's still pretty good because they've got Toronto, they've got a Columbus at home for their second game, and we all know that Columbus's defense is, like, a little bit sketchy on the road, a little bit sketchy in general. So, yeah, you're probably crazy to not have him on your team, but there's, like, a scenario, I guess, where you could work it out to not have him on your team although i think yeah no you should have him on your team i think if you're I, I think people who like numbers i think i can help you quantify what sketchy on the road translates to and i mean you look at, at columbus when they have been playing away and i just had it brought up right here and they've given up almost two goals over the every away game way it's averaged out so far uh and then compared to toronto which is the second best home scoring team in the league that's just behind uh, la now a lot of that is going to fall onto geo so without him there that average definitely falls down but i think the biggest concern is that yellow card count and i could see them maybe holding it off to play against um Columbus, since that is, of course, the easier of the games that we had, they have, and they're closer to Columbus in the points as they are against New York. So I think they'd much rather whether drop the game to New York and then beat Columbus than potentially win New York and not have one of their key players for Columbus. Um, which, if you don't know, Columbus is on 47 points, Toronto is on 46 points. So that would be a, a nice jump for them even with that game in hand. I mean, so a draw playing for a draw against New York is going to be a great thing for them. Just looking at the points. Um, that being said, I think you grab him. Well, this is the thing Like this is what I was going to bring up was, okay. So we obviously, I mean, a lot of people are going to have this similar midfield of, you know, uh, Benny fell Haber, Javi Morales question. And then if, you know, depending on your formation is you can either roll with the Diaz and Giovinco, maybe a Diaz and a Valeri. So if you don't have, 
let's say Giovinco's not in the 18 or is in the 18 but not in the starting 11, but you decide not to bring him in, what are your let, – let's just, just give me five other options that you guys could bring in. So Phil Harbour, Morales, Diaz, Kleshton, Valeri. Well, for me, if I'm not having – I've got several of those guys already in my lineup. So for me, it would be Diaz. It would be um, Valeri. I have Morales there right now, uh, but Diaz and Valeri would be the two that I would uh, put at the top of my list for, for swapping in. It's got to be careful with Valeri, though, because he is on yellow card accumulation warning. So, so I mean, you could potentially swap in Bradley and see what he does for you. Yeah. Did you Bradley? Because he's going to play both. If he's if he's playing, he's probably going to play both. Did Bradley play this uh, today in the U.S. game? I didn't get a chance he to didn't. see. He, he did didn't. not. Yeah, he did. Oh, he got sent back or something. Josie yeah. did. Josie did. Josie played. Okay, so Bradley Josie will played. probably play though. Bradley will play for Toronto then. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I like am not up on my news. I'm trying to figure this stuff out <laughs> as we talk. <laughs> and those are the three that I put there at the top of my list for for swapping them out. I don't really know if anyone from uh, Sporting Kansas City would pop up there if you wanted to double up on, or any of those teams. I think if you'd want to double up on on anybody, but potentially Diaz and Barrios, possibly, possibly. You know, I do like Barrios. So moving on to our next question comes from Can Footy, who says, which relevant fantasy players are the most likely to sit this week or next week in order to be rested for the playoffs? Okay, so I've been looking at the schedule, trying to come up with it, and the standings, trying to come up with an answer to this, because it's a really difficult question, because everything is so crowded um, in both conferences that it's like... Honestly, it depends on the results this weekend. And so right now, my answer is that I would not feel safe saying that anyone will be rested. I seriously doubt. I don't think that anyone is going to get rested um, except, like, if everyone above Montreal wins or everyone above Toronto wins and they both lose this weekend, they might rest their players because they know that they'll be playing the play-in game on the road. Otherwise... With, uh, barring like extremely exceptional results like that, um, you have in both conferences like teams that are two points away from each other from positions. So like in, in the East right now, both with 32 games played, you have you have DC on 48 points in second in second place, and then Montreal in sixth on 45. And so these games are going to make a gigantic difference, possibly in terms of who gets who gets away from the play-in round. And who gets the home field advantage in the in the play-in games for uh, seeds third through sixth? And it's the same in the West, where you've got Dallas and LA on fifty-one each, and then Vancouver fifty, Kansas City forty-eight, Seattle forty-seven, San Jose Portland forty-four, and then Houston RSL on forty-one, uh, with like very outside, very very outside shots at the playoffs, but still with some hope, you know. So. They're going to be playing a lot, and I, I just, yeah, I don't see a whole lot of rest going on here. Because um, if you're in the top two, you get a bye anyway, so, or not a bye, but you don't have to play the midweek game, so there's not really, like, incentive to rest your players there. Um, plus, no one has top two secured. So, teams are fighting for things. I don't think you really got to worry about rest too much. There's too much to play for. That's my answer. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think that with supporter shield race records being set 
golden boots on the line, uh, being on the bubble playoff contentions, you know, playoff streaks. I think that everybody's playing and everyone's going to battle it out as hard as they possibly can. I don't think you have anything to worry about on that. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I think DC and Vancouver will be the most likely to rest players because they've already clinched, but they're a little bit farther out from supporter shield, but no one really cares about any of their players because their form is pretty much shit. So. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Is I think the part that comes to me is relevant fantasy players, uh, and I think DC and Vancouver are the ones who would be most likely to rest. Don't really know many people you'd want to pick from them right now who are on form, but New York, Dallas, and LA, I think, are going to come out guns blazing. So we have a couple of just general questions that I'm going to ask for everyone to see. And one of them is, do you guys have any strategy with how you're using your wildcard for this week? For me, it's mostly business as usual, although, you know, I'm in the mid 800s. So I'm definitely looking for some differentials to, you know, maybe try to sneak my way up a few spots. So, I mean, I think at this point you kind of have to look at, you know, you have two rounds left. What is your goal? What are you trying to get to? Are you just going to try to, hold you know hold your ground or are you going to try to move up or you gonna, you know for me you know a 10 point swing could bump me up a lot of points where when you're up higher you know a 10 point swing could drop you quite a bit so it's kind of a different perspective i guess um so the only thing i'm really doing is mostly picking players that i would always pick you know fail hover question geo sam i'm not sure about but probably um and then a couple of rsl players that i plan on trading so i'll pick up martinez uh burrito Burrito! <laughs> I almost didn't want to say it because he's under one percent. I have a feeling he's going to have a great double game week, and that could be my that could be my ticket into the seven hundreds. <laughs> well, we'll get some more insight on that later on. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. Um, I'm not doing anything too special. I'm just you know doing it the way I always do, which is I'm like, oh, these guys I think have the potential for the most points, so that's who I'm going to pick up. I thought about like using it to set up a switcheroo, which I think is going to be one of the next questions, so I'm not going to talk about that too much right now. Um, we'll save that for later, but no, I'm just doing it as normal um, because that's how it is. It's normal. You're trying to get the most points possible. Why would I try and get less points? I don't know. Yeah, my my goal right now with this is actually uh, have a couple um, punts, I guess you could say, with – burrito as well um even mond and uh i'm actually using gonzalez from dallas and gold because he's 4.2 which gives me a lot more money to really beef up my midfield which is absolutely stupid good but i'm assuming a lot of other people that have a budget of 130 million or more will do the same um but yeah nothing really too special just going for the big hitters that cost a lot of money that have the most points and hope to God a couple of my punts uh, keep me in the top 100. What is your budget right now? Right now it is 131.2. Nice. Oh, Very God, nice. So jealous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's last week, this last double game we gave me 1.2 million. So not bad. And I want to point out that the player being referred to as burrito is Juan Martinez. <laughs> Who? Juan Martinez. <laughs> nope. Who? Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? 
And then, of course, I already said mine, how I actually focused on 34 with, with my wealth guard. And then you mentioned this already, Simon, but uh, there's been a bit more, especially during the, this last double game or this uh, wild card week, uh, renewed talk about the switcheroo. Uh, so are any of you guys trying that this week? And I know you mentioned some of it last week already, Jason, how that worked out for you. Yeah, I am actually doing a... Single switcheroo. Um, so my wildcard team, obviously, I got Martinez, Burrito, uh, Giovinco, Failhaber, Juralis, Captain, Diaz, Kleschen, Mond, Laid, Ellis, and then my switcheroo is Lee from Philadelphia. But if you don't if you don't have him in your lineup, he's taken out of the game. So I would look for somebody like a defender like that. And then on my bench, I have Grella, Kamara, and Dia. So I'm actually using Grella as my first auto sub. So obviously he plays the first game. And this will give me a good indication too because if Gio's not in the starting lineup, I can not even in the 18, I can bring in Kamara for him. And then, you know, possibly just bring in Grella as well for Lee and then just have it up. But, you know, just in case I can see if Grella does well for the first game. If he has a blank, I'll bring in Kamara. We're good to go. If that made any sense. I'm not responsible enough to switcheroo. I never <laughs> actually do the required, you know, work as the games are going on. So I, I generally stay away from it. If I have nothing going on, on the weekend, like nothing planned, and I know I'm just going to sit around and watch games, which I wish I could do, um, I would actually be more interested in it. But yeah, I'll just burn myself. Um, yeah, I'm almost on that same page as Jason. I don't trust myself, but the games take place over like, like, especially this week, it's like they got three on the 14th, two on the 16th, only three on the 17th. Like, it's pretty easy to do a switcheroo this week. I have to like, it's not like you have to do it in some super tight time window most of the time. <laughs> Shots so like, fired. Well, no, like normally that on a weekend, that's like my problem is I can't figure that out. But this time I think I can like set an alarm on my phone and probably remember at some point in the day. Um, you never know, though. Uh, that game on the 18th starts at 11 a.m., so I might be asleep still then. Uh, so maybe that Of course, if anybody – yeah, I know we haven't talked about it a whole lot this, this season, but if anyone's wondering what the switcheroo is, uh, basically you have two players on your bench set up as your first field player to sub in and second field player to sub in who are both going to play that round, but you're hoping that maybe – one of them will do better than the other. And so to help hedge your bets, you will start somebody who is not going to play. That's why uh, Jay mentioned he had Lee, who's a Philadelphia, who was a Philadelphia player, but he's no longer in the game, so he's guaranteed not to play. So you don't have to worry about him compared to, oh, I don't know, someone like P, who plays every now and then and could potentially screw your switcheroo up like happened to me earlier in the year. But anyway, you see how the first player does. So say you had a, a Portland player this round and you say, oh, okay, Valeri, and that's a bad example since he's on double game week. Uh, say you had an Orlando player this round, like Laren, and Laren just did awful, gets two points. And you're like, okay, well, I know Laren's only going to get me two points when he auto-subs in for me if I waited, so I'm going to move in my second guy manually. So this is when you're going to go in and activate your manual subs, replace somebody like Lee with, say, I don't know, maybe you had Brad Davis and you're hoping that he's going to work out well for you later on in the week and you do a manual sub there to try to hedge your bets. 
that's that's the gist of how it works. It can get kind of complicated, but basically you're having a chance to view the points of one guy before you bring in a second guy. Some people think this is cheating, like Jason Seguini. Others do not. Uh, I don't. I just view it more as uh, fantasy soccer 202. And I did it every time. I've done it twice this season. I was a, I was an advocate against it. And the two times I've done it, I've lost points on it because I thought that the people I was bringing in would get me more points. Like last week, I took out Teixeira and, Teixeira and brought in Powers and Sanchez, and I lost three points. So I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going balls out and going for broke because I need to beat Reed. Otherwise, <laughs> I can never live with myself. Yes, it can bite you back. Like in my example, Laren may only get two points, but then maybe Brad Davis comes in and gets a red card. So things yeah. like that can always happen. It's, it is, there is a risk with the, with the reward. Because MLS. Right. Because and, MLS. Okay, can I tell you a switcheroo I was thinking about doing? Yes. So I was thinking of a single-game week switcheroo, and the problem is I can't make the money work, and I bet this is a problem for most people, between Kamara and Robbie Keane because Oof. they both have like pretty sick matchups, but Columbus on the road against Toronto, even though Kamara scores goals, I'm not totally sold that he's going to score goals on the road because of Columbus's weird form. Um, and then L.A. will play at home Portland Timbers that have just played four days earlier um, on the road at RSL. So they might be a little bit tired, and if they lost, they might be super dejected, and L.A. is going to be super rested. And so I think that Robbie Keane might just, like, destroy them, honestly. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's a good option, Uh Columbus it does a little bit better than than one goal per game when they're on the road, but like I said, LA is a beast when they're at home. So yeah, and also and also um, forget I think it's a I forget the head coach of Columbus uh, was saying that um, since Kamara is chasing the golden boot, we will do anything we can to get him that. So I'm assu- <laughs> so so I'm assuming he's going to be playing ninety minutes every game and. I could see him even being on PK duties over uh, Iguain. Oh, definitely. So, mm, so for thing. me, I got Kamara in my lineup as a switcheroo, and you know, may even bring him in. So, yeah. See, that's a good idea. And next next week they're playing in, in round thirty four. They're playing against DC, and uh, DC DC is awful at scoring when they're mm-hmm. on the road. Uh, they're they're better about conceding, though. They're in the top of the pack. They're in the top three of teams as far as not conceding when they're on the road. Uh, but um, this is definitely his better chance, I think. Yeah, and and I, I posted my lineup uh, on Twitter, Simon, so we can we can talk offline about it about the switcheroo. Cool. So that's all that we have for the, the pure questions. Now we're going to move on to our player picks. And we do have a few questions that are included in here that we'll be sure to cover. First one comes, we're going to talk about keepers and defenders. And uh, before you guys give us your picks, go ahead and answer this question. This comes from Riding the Pine. And he wants to know, do we think we'll see Dan Kennedy back in the goal for Dallas? I'm not really up to date on my FC Dallas Status, but I do not think so. I, I mean, Gonzalez seems to be doing well. He's been playing. I mean, going off what I see number-wise, I have no reason to think that they will. But I mean, I honestly don't know. I have no reason to believe anything I'm saying right now. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think that uh, Gonzalez is going to be out of the lineup whatsoever. I mean, he's a young keeper. He's the future of their franchise between the sticks. Um, he's done very well. He had an you know an away clean sheet. Uh, he's he's a fantastic player, and like I said, he's the future of the franchise. Uh, franchise, and I think they're going to continue to ride him throughout the season, see how he does, and potentially, you know, continue to play him next year. I don't see any reason, but on the reverse side of that, because MLS, he probably won't <laughs> play either. So, but we'll find out because they, uh, well, actually they're not the first game, but yeah, I'm keeping him in. Just keep him in. If not, he's cheap. Yeah. He's 4.2. Good option. Yeah. I'm on the same page. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't play. So he's been playing very well. Uh, yeah. He's a great so being said, who are your keeper and defender picks for this week? Same order. Uh, Perinelli, and I had Olave, but I've actually switched to Pal so I could free up money so I could bring in Diaz um, during the podcast when we were talking about players. So um, I don't know. Defenders, not really. I feel like with going into the playoff push, everyone's going to be sc- trying to score goals. You know, the defenders will try to stop it, but I don't see it. I don't see much clean sheets going on, really. What about your keeper? I have never cared about keepers. Um, I have Gonzalez because <laughs> he's cheap also to help bring in Diaz, so I had to free up some money. So um, that's some great advice there. Dirt cheap. Why not? No one cares about keepers. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, <laughs> yeah, I got Gonzalez, uh, Mon from RSL at 6.6, Connor Laid. Uh, for the New York Red Bulls at 5.4. Uh, my boy Kevin Ellis from Kansas City at 6.8. And then I got Dia from Kansas City at 4.4, just in case if I need a you know defensive switcheroo. Um, I'm trying to go mildly cheap on this one because, like Jason said, you know there's I think there's going to be a lot more goal scoring than there are clean sheets. But at the same time, you know I thought about Paranel, but he's on a yellow card warning as well. And I don't want to invest whatever it is, six point I think it's six point eight no, seven point one. Or seven point one on a player that may only play one. So that's why I'm going with Connor Laid, Aaron Mond, who's also a potential goal scoring threat, and Ellis, who's also a goal scoring threat. Good BPs. Um I'm really trying not to get anyone that is a yellow card accumulation um in my lineup because that could that could destroy you. Yeah, for me, it's the same. I got Gonzalez in my goal, Ellis, Mond, uh, just because I take home games over anything else when it comes to it, and he's cheap. And I can't figure out the third. I want Hedges because I think Hedges is the only good defender, but I also think it's insane to pay $9.9 million for a defender. Um, <laughs> but, like, no one else on Dallas's back line I can really figure out is nailed. That's one of the cheap ones. So I kind of want to go with Harris or Watson but I'm kind of unconvinced that that they'll both that they'll both play, which is very frustrating mm-hmm. to me. So, and I um, believe Earl has been their other center back as of as of late. Is that right? Or Earl, Earl hasn't played a single minute. What am I thinking? Who is their center back right now? Paired up with with Hedges, Lloyd, 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 you know, Lloyd, Lloyd. Lloyd is eight point one. What I was thinking. So, yeah, he's eight point one. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to. That's how I would get my Kamara Keen switcheroo thing. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it happen. So, 
unfortunate. Need cheaper defenders. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm just considering Malia right now myself, but um, Dallas does have, I think, the better matchups as far as conceding, and they have two home games, so that definitely plays in heavily, I think, for a lot of consideration. But uh, yeah, Gonzalez, any way you go with Keeper this week, I think you should pick one of the double game ones so you can squeeze three games out of him. Yeah, Dallas, has, so I don't know if uh, you may have misspoke, but Dallas is home against Vancouver, away against RSL, then home against San Jose. I did. I was thinking of RSL because my other option I was thinking of was Ramondo to get the two home games. Yeah, I was, I, I I was, was, I was thinking that too because I want Ramondo bad. But I just, I mean, for what, I think he's 6.4 for a keeper, and that to me is insane when I could get potentially the same production with a 4.2. Yeah, he's definitely a sticker shocker right there. Uh, so the next one, of course, is midfielders. And there's a general question that we have here. I saw a couple of people asking about is uh, both Valeri and Giralis have been on the fringes of midfielders for most of the season. Uh, of course, injury for Valeri and then some injury and some form issues with, with Giralis. Uh, so uh, do we go with them at the end of the season? Yes or no? Yeah, I, I think um, especially right now, I personally, no, I mean, full bias aside, I have uh, Javier Morales in my lineup, and he's my captain this week, just because of the home fixtures. Portland at home, like Simon said before, I think it's a great matchup, and especially for RSL, I think it's a very winnable matchup. Sorry, guy, but um, I think that you know Javier Morales is an integral part of RSL. He's fantastic. He's the maestro, and I think that with this, the last three games, there must wins for Portland and for Salt Lake, but I have Morales in, and I think Morales is a close, or I'm sorry, Valeri is a close second. I think if Giovinco is not in the 18, I'm going to take Giovinco out and bring in Valeri, even though he is also on yellow card accumulation, um, but I would rank Morales and then Valeri. He said a really nice run of assists too, up until I think this last week. Uh, Javier or Valeri? Valeri. Yeah, Valeri, Valeri's on fire. I mean, they're both, uh, that thing is they're both, amazing talents and amazing players it's kind of 1a and 1b but you know i just think that rsl's fixtures and i think they have more in my opinion i think they have more attacking talent on the field than portland does um for me i don't know i'm going with uh basically the same answer i wanted to come up with something clever to say there and I didn't, but I'm going with Joralis. I don't trust Portland at all. Portland looks like, I don't know. Maybe it's the Seattle bias coming up. But I just don't think Portland gets, looks good lately. Um, I don't trust them at all. I don't know if they're capable of doing that much, to be entirely honest. And I would just not put my trust in that. Plus the yellow card thing is just, nah, I don't know. So that's a gutsy decision if you go with Portland players. They got some tough matchups this week, too. Could pay off, though. I mean, look, if you want to take the risk of playing two away games against RSL, which is a it's a hell of a place to play, I got to say. Uh, you guys have some good home field advantage. And then at L.A., Anyone who takes that bet, if it pays off, good for you. You beat the odds. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and the thing, too, is RSL has Beckerman back and Ramondo back that should be good to go, which is very tough to play in or at the riot. But it's Valeria. That's the thing. Is like, I, mean, I mean, anybody knows that RSL at home against anybody, 
is it's difficult for the the away team, but at the same time, at the end of the season, Portland and RSL. I mean, you remember the last Portland game? We were it was it was nil nil, and I think in like the ninety third minute, Nat Borcher scores a header. Of course, you know what I mean. So I think that I I mean I think it go either way. Like I said before, I think RSL could win these two games, two nil both games, and get clean sheets, or it could be four nothing the other way. I just it can go either way, and oh, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't have much to add. I mean, for the price range, Geo is the top, even at one and a half games. I think he's still the best option. Um, I'd rate Morales second if you can afford him. Um, I don't have that luxury. I can't, I can't squeeze two big, big money players on my team at the moment. So, I don't know. Valeri's a good option though. I think all three of them are good, but I would say Geo, Morales, then Valeri. So, who are you guys going with at your midfield this week? So, uh, question, Diaz, Javier, Captain, Benny, and Giovinco. It's a pretty good midfield, and I think we got the exact same one here. Because I got Morales, question, Diaz, Giovinco, Failhubber. Boom. So, I'm in the same boat. Um, I, I didn't catch who your captains were. I'm doing Captain Question. Never goes wrong for me. Um, that's the only thing I can say. It never goes wrong. Everything else always goes wrong. <laughs> um, and then I think Sam is the only difference I have there. I can't afford Valeria Morales, whoever you guys had. But So Phil Halbert, question, Geo, Sam, Diaz. So I'm banking on Sam just hopping on a, you know, a Fungwa bus home or whatever the hell, however they travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that Sam is a differential. I, I, I really I picked him up last week because Piatti – uh, wasn't in the 18, and he Sam did very well for me. I, I, I love that as a differential pick. That's MLS, so they probably just give him a, a bicycle and tell him to have fun. <laughs> you might be able to make it. Are you, are you a DP? Here's a bike. Have a Huffy and go for it. <laughs> a Huffy. Uh, so wow. So we, have several, Jeez. we have several questions in our forwards category today. Uh, first one comes from Thinkamax and wants to know, should I go with Gorilla instead of Bradley Wright Phillips and spread out that money elsewhere? Uh, especially considering that uh, the New York Red Bulls five double game previous weeks so far, Gorilla has outscored BWP in three of them and tied him in one of them. Yeah, for me, Wright Phillips averages five a game. Gorilla averages 3.75. I'm going with Red Wright Phillips. I think he's a better player if you can afford him, um, which I'm not picking either of them this week. But, you know, I think – BWP is a way to go unless you absolutely can't. Grell is not a bad option at all. That's all. Anybody disagree? Yeah, I disagree. Um, I think I see the stat line, but in my opinion, I think Bradley Wright Phillips for the amount of money you're spending is wildly inconsistent uh, with the points. Uh, whereas for me, I feel that, I mean, I could get Bradley Wright Phillips if I dropped Kamara and Grella and then I would, you know, have BWP him, but then that restricts me for next week. So for me, I'm pretty much dropping BWP. I have Grella and Kamara in, which sets me up nicely for next week as well. Yeah, I mean, these are fair answers. I don't really like either of them, to be honest. I probably will end up with Grella. Bradley Wright Phillips is just too much money, uh, in my opinion. And it makes it so it's hard to make decisions in other places on the field. And I think you can get a switcheroo kind of set up 
to where you don't necessarily need um what's his name Grella to actually play so you can you can like see the first game away at New York and if Grella does nothing you could find a way cuz if I I might do a switcheroo with Grella so that Grella's the first sub in and um Laren is the second and so that way it's like two options that are kind of decent and kind of cheap and uh, still less than Bradley Wright Phillips um and that way you can see the first first game with what's his name the first game with uh Grella I can't forget I can't remember this guy's name it's ridiculous Grella you see his first game and if he doesn't do well uh then you can manually sub in Laren who has what's his matchup it's New York City FC at home which I think is a really good one um and you know if Grella does well then you just keep him in your lineup and it's fine and I think you could do the same thing with Bradley Wright Phillips because he's also inconsistent, but then it's just too much money. So I think I'm going with the switcheroo on that one. I've made up my mind the only, while I've been answering. The only problem with that is if Grella does bad in his first game and then you put Laren in and then Grella goes off in his second game, which happens after Orlando, you're stuck. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, it's taking the risk, though, because you're like, well, is a one-game, in a one-game series, is New York... With Grella against Philadelphia Union, a better matchup than like Laren against New York City at home when New York City has nothing to play for now and they're garbage defense anyway. So, I mean, to me, yeah, I mean, it's taking a risk. It's always taking a risk with the switcheroo. That's the thing. But like every decision is a risk in this game. So I don't really see it as that big of a deal. Um, but I think that's a way to like mitigate the risk of um, like having bad players, for lack of a better word, because Grella is just not that good. He's okay. He does good things, Fair but enough. he's he's not good fantasy production like consistently. So yeah, Fair but enough. For, yeah, but for right. but points per score, I mean, I think that that's fantastic. It's the same thing as Laren or how um, uh, the guy from LA, the the midfielder that we all did was like four point seven or four point five to start out with. I forget his name. Yeah, um, me too. Not not Maganto, Legit. Yeah. The points. The I mean the the points for value is just fantastic. If you can't afford a BWP and you need that 6.4, I'll take that. Definitely. Fair enough. Uh, our next question comes from Rolling Carey, who wants to know if we think the Texas heat will hurt Obafemi Martins. No. That is my answer. Nope. And my backup is, what's my, my reasoning for that? Uh, I don't have very good reasoning other than like, isn't Nigeria pretty hot? Am I wrong? <laughs> Like, what's I'm gonna look it up now. Average temperature in Nigeria. Well, you do that. that you guys, convert from Celsius. You between, guys disagree. Between 73 no. and 88 degrees Fahrenheit during January, and more moderate of 73 to 82 in June. So no, I think he's gonna be okay. Um, Obafemi Martins can can handle it. I'd be more worried about the rest of the Sounders being unable to feed him. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, I, I agree one hundred percent with that. Oba's Oba's Oba. He'll be he'll be doing backflips and scoring goals. Mark my words. Yeah, but also I think as with the last question with about BWP, I think you know midfield is where you should spend your money this round personally. Mm-hmm. And our final question comes from Michael Gall, and I think this one may just be answered by by Jay. But if any of you other two have anything to add please feel free to do that. Uh, so please rank the RSL forwards. Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I, 
I honestly think that first is, I mean, you got to look at who's been playing, but I think that, um, I think that burrito, which is, uh, Martinez, Martinez, the one that I was blah, 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 about earlier. Cause it, me and, uh, Jason didn't want to give it away, but Juan Manuel Martinez, uh, 8.7 at 0.8%. I think he, he's going to be the target man, the point man up, uh, up in the trident, uh, with, uh, Jaime on the right, which is also a very good pick Plata to the left. Um, but to ranking, I would say Martinez Plata. And then if you, if you need it, I guess you could get Jaime. Um, but I think that Martinez would be the one to get. That's who I have great differential. And, uh, he's, he's just got a knack for scoring goals and assists. He's just a great, great footballer. I don't really have anything to add because I've been a bad son of Utah. I haven't watched an RSL game in months. So I really, I've never even actually seen the guy play. So, <laughs> but I'm picking him purely on stats and differential, but I've always liked Jao Plata. It sounds like RSL has a lot to look forward to with those guys, hopefully, you know, being definitely an exciting thing to watch. So, but yeah, I, I have no real thing to add. Yeah. Right, I'll start. Oh, sorry. Starting sorry. with, uh, starting with Jay, let's, uh, what are your forward picks? Yeah. So my forward picks, um, are honestly Martinez, Kamara and Grella. I'm having uh, Burrito, Martinez, and I don't know if it's is it pronounced Teixeira at Dallas or is it Texera? I don't even know. Teixeira. The Dallas Teixeira. That's who I'm picking up. I'm just going cheap. I'm going, uh, you know, differentials here. That's what I'm up to. Yeah, I'll have my pick as Kamara. I don't really like the other ones. Like I said, I think I'm going to do a switcher with Grella and Laren, but maybe I'll switch Grella to uh burrito because I could do that too. Um, I like that. I but like I don't know if I necessarily have the money for that. So we're going to find out. I kind of like that better actually. So yeah, I might do that, but I like Kamara. So uh, I, w- I would have him in some form. I love Kamara. I double love Kamara. Triple. <laughs> Well, do you guys love to captain him? Who are you thinking about your captains this week? Javi, Javier, Javi, Javier, Javi, Javier, Javier Morales. Oh, wow. That's a song we sing. Is it? Uh, I'm sure it is. Who's taking your penalty (laughs) kicks? Hey, who's taking your penalty kicks right now? Javier Morales. Yeah, I'm going to captain Javier Morales. I didn't know that. I thought it might, might be somebody else, but I haven't watched RSL in a little while. But yeah. I'll captain Javi because he's got two home games. That seems like a good move. I got no no problem with that. If Giovinco, like by some miracle, flies back from Italy and starts, whatever, sure. I'll go for yeah. it. But I yeah, know in the 11. Gio's exactly. a choice. Exactly. But I, th- I still think that even if Gio was in the 11, I think that to be a differential, I think that, like, literally, I think. I think it's Morales, then Sasha Kleshin, but if Gio is in there, I think it's between Gio and Morales, and that's kind of a coin flip, but I'm still going with Morales. I agree. I just can't afford Morales and Gio at the same time, so it's not an option for me, so I'll be Captain Kleshin. Makes sense. Captaining Kleshin. That's uh, Sasha. He's like worked that. out very well for a lot of people in the past, right? Yeah. And he's super consistent. I mean, look at it. If you look at his last, I want to say, like, five games, it's – Seven, 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 three, yeah, 14, 10, 11, 8, 8. Like, this guy's just, he's, I mean, like I said, he's the Benny of the second half of the season. 
He's also currently leading the the captain poll at r slash fantasy MLS. So if anybody would like to weigh in on that, then uh, feel free to go there and, and vote. We can't all be wrong. Let's do it. <laughs> Eventually. All right. So now it's time to, to wrap things up pretty quick. We're going to start with our community time. And this week in the r slash fantasy MLS league, the top scorer goes to Katie Freitag, manager of, uh, and I don't, know how to really pronounce your team name, so I'm just going to give it a shot, the Sarsa Asperia. And with the 110 wow, points... Wow, you're white. Wow. You can you can say it. Go ahead. Sarsa Asperia. I would never have gotten that out of that first part. You're like, you're like hey, uh, Katie, fair tag manager of Sarsa Asperilla. Get that hey, some, I, I, some I I did say Frytag. David Villa. Something to know what that is. David Villa. <laughs> David Villa. Anyway, Katie had 110 <laughs> points, which was also the best score overall. Um, I at least I got the double L part right. Anyway, congrats. I just I just like giving you crap. But good job, Katie. Kate. Good job, Simon. I assume you have a running like ticker of his pronunciations across the whole season. No, unfortunately, God, I wish. Just listen back to the shows and, and yeah, play someone, them in our highlight reel. Someone do the work. Yeah, entertain. Yes. Send it. it in for us. Thanks, thanks, Mike, guys. Mike, that tiger, do it for us. I know you listen. Yeah, I, I would uh, appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> then also in the MLS FI head head league, Simon has retained first place. I have moved up to second, though it was at Travis's expense, who has fallen down to third. So the three of us plus Richard Novak are all in our semifinal game. So I guess this round's really going to decide who is going to be in that last two. So good luck to all the guys there. Simon, big comeback. Yeah, I was going to say, like, good luck to you guys. And even though I'm not in that league, I have to give props to Simon going from uh, worst to first. I mean, that's just – and holding it? Oh, props to you, my friend. It's lucky, man. Cat luck or whatever. Props to you. He's using all of his lives right here. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, so before we wrap it up, everybody, do you guys have any plugs you'd like to shout out? Uh, nope. Guess no one's opened up the plug bag. Nothing here. No, no plugs. All right. Well, be sure to follow everybody on Twitter if you're not already. We love to interact with people during the week, before games, and, of course, during U.S. men's national team shenanigans as well. I know a lot of tweeting goes on at that time. Uh, head over to Reddit, like I've already mentioned a couple times. Participate in the polls that we have going on. I know the season's winding down. Some of the traffic gets a little slower, but people still do talk, and they post things, and so it's a nice place to find bits and pieces, especially the captain poll every now and then. And uh, the final show will be tomorrow, at least not tomorrow, will be next week, at least for our regular season. We will probably do a, a wrap up show, just sort of a, a season in review after that. I don't know if it will be a week or two in between, but we'll, we'll probably have at least two more shows this season before we just call it quits. Unless for some reason you all just want to have us keep talking during the playoffs. I don't I don't know. Uh, but that's really all that we have going on that I can think of. Uh, anything come to your guys' minds? Um, no, I mean, I got a couple suggestions to do like, you know, player, like team of the year, like our own team of the year, fantasy team of the year, like best, you know, like best player under 5 million, you know, things like that. So uh, maybe we'll talk offline and maybe make some polls or something like that. And I don't know, something like sure. that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. If anyone has any suggestions on what they'd like to hear in a in a season wrap-up episode, let us know. We'd be happy to do it. And Or if you have any suggestions you'd like to make for the show in general for next season, let us know. Well, we'd love to customize things to make it be as 
best for you as possible. So if nothing else, I just want to say good luck, everybody, and have fun.